I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of 12-Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12, and the best business phone service is chosen by U.S. News and World Report. Nextiva helps companies all over Pac-12 country stay connected with customers and coworkers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business. Get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more. All for the fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls every day. Visit nextiva.com slash 12-Pack to get started. Nextiva.com slash 12-Pack. To get started. Is William Shatner? You want it? Actual gambling lines? You got it. Nice. You want it? Baby. Just bust a move. Okay. Welcome back, beautiful people, to 12 Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pactual Football News, the home of the Bader and College Football Statistical Model. And we talk with Max Meyer, trying to get him on the pod, trying to get him on the pod. He's not with uh, William Hill anymore. It's Caesar's Sportsbook, Rob. It's Caesar's Sportsbook. Move it up in the world. I, uh, I knew that because I went on my phone. I'm like, why is this this weird Golden Chalice app on my... Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> whatever they bought, uh, I think I had a William Hill app on the phone. Rob, we are in week three. We're previewing these games. And... We just recorded a podcast last night, and it was like the third time we had broken in all these games. So I have I have some new energy. We're talking about new games, and we have like five interesting ones and a bunch of a bunch of crappy ones. And that's okay. I'm going to love them all. I'm going to love them all. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm excited because as as we talk about, this is the last week of non-conference, and that radically reduces the amount of work we have to do. Yeah, it's like ridiculous trying to follow, follow all these games. And thanks, everybody, for riding with us as we go through them. And uh, I'm going to bring up the numbers now here, Rob. There's a lot of games to start with. We should say visit our uh, website, sharpcollegefootball.com, where you're going to see all of Rob's numbers on the uh, on the website uh, previews, picks. I'm uh, no, not maybe not picks, but like you know, beta ranks, numbers matching any any angle that you want to look at this it's kind of like when they tried out the horse right and you're like you're trying to find out oh is this is this the one i want to bet on i mean you can see this horse from any possible angle <laughs> before you place yeah. your wager or before you watch a game and i just think it's really fun to be able to see um, where every team is coming from from run defense from efficiency anyway all that on sharp college football 12 pack radio writer review etc etc where do you want to start rob we have we have all these games we have a, we have one conference game by the way um, we yes. have lots of non-conference games. What uh, what tickles your fancy this fine evening? Should we just knock out the FCS games right away? Hell yeah, I like I like your style, sir. <laughs> just let's just let's get out of it out of the way with like one or two things we want to see from each Pac-12 team that's lining up against an FCS team. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's start with Oregon because they play Stony Brook. That has been barn- <laughs> they've been barnstorming the country from Long Island, New York. Like literally, I, I didn't know there was a university on Long Island outside of the Blackhawks. You know, they they always make it as a 16 seed in the tournament tournament every once in a while. There's a, there's a couple, if you can't, particularly if you count Brooklyn, which is technically on Long Island and Queens, there are a couple of universities on Long Island. And you would assume that they're flush with cash, right? So they're, they're direct flight from Long Island to Eugene. I'm sure that exists, right? 
I mean, there's undoubtedly a direct flight to Portland, right? Like, uh, even when I, when I was living in New York, there was a direct flight from JFK to Tucson, which was, which was nice. That's impressive. Right on. Um, shout out to Portland airport. There's a, there's a, uh, stump town in the Portland airport. And, um, I always just snicker as I pass by like the Starbucks and they're like, you know, they're making these just awful frozen desserts basically for breakfast. And then like the best freaking coffee roaster in the entire city is like right there. And there's like three people in line. It's amazing. Anyway, that is not here nor there. We, we, we said we were going to breeze through these games. Um, anything that you're looking for in Stony Brook versus Oregon? Uh, really, what I want to see from Oregon is just no injuries. That's basically it. I don't have anything in particular <laughs> that I want to see. Um, I doubt uh, Thibodeau even plays. You might as well just hold him out um, and let him continue to recover. Um, yeah, if you're what I want to see here is I want to see Oregon uh, get in their reps and then get in the backups. Here's what I want to see. Are they going to put Ty Thompson, five-star freshman, into Ooh, this is game. He, is he how many is he is he number two? Oh, the oh, game? they put in like the Butterfield gang, you know, have a Butterfield out there. <laughs> I mean, they do have, those guys do have a lot of fans amongst our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, Ty, Ty Thompson, yeah, you know, that is interesting. Do they put in Butterfield and just save Thompson for next year, or do you take the risk of him throwing for like 600 yards on the Seawolves and then the, the fan base is like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, we have the wrong guy. It's like, yeah, the, he didn't play in the shoe, and they, you just beat Ohio State. Like, uh, I, if I'm <laughs> if I'm Cristobal, I just sit on that. I I I tie it up in a nice bow, and I put it over right. to the side, and it's a nice present to open next year's. But I'm just curious to see if they do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's probably. I mean, if there's anything worth tuning in there, it's it's probably to see what Oregon's young guys look like, including a quarterback. Yeah, very. Uh, that that's the only thing I'm going to be watching this for if I watch it at all. Moving on now, this isn't. A, oh, yes, it is. Idaho moved down from uh, division whatever to the the bad division, uh, and they yep. go on the road to Oregon State. The Vandals, though, one of the one of the best, one of the yeah. best uh, uh, mascot names uh, in, in the entire world. Under underrated barbarian tribe. <laughs> that's true. I mean, like, so I mean, they they made it all the way from Scandinavia in northern Germany all the way down to set up a kingdom in North Africa. That that is freaking insane. That's a lot of moving. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they? I think the Northern Kentucky or the Norse too. I thought that was fast. Not as good as the Vandals, but but still, if you, <laughs> if a fearsome uh, tribe itself. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 like, there's anytime you put north in, like, I mean, even in Ohio, like, Cleveland State, which is in the northern part of the state, is the Vikings, right? Like, people seem to like to go with, like, oh, we're up north. Let's go with Vikings or Norse or something like that. We need, we need some, like, there needs the Louisiana, now the Raging Cajuns is also a great, so don't, do not change this name, but like, we need a, a good Gaul, you know, like the, the, I don't know where there's a bunch of French people, but like, let, you know, let's say. Asterix the Gaul. Was it? <laughs> like, <laughs> did you, like, so I took years and years and years of French. And so like when I was in like elementary school and the French teacher would be sick, they would play Asterix the Gaul cartoons for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right. All right. So, so Idaho, Oregon State, what are we looking for for Oregon State here? I mean, you want to see some of the offensive continuity and then. I mean, you'd like to see the defense be able to step up and, and at least shut down Idaho somewhat, right? Like that's the, I don't, I mean, Oregon state's defense doesn't look great so far. Um, 
you know, you'd like to see them be able to step up and do that. I mean, and, and, and just put up big numbers offensively. Right. I mean, that's true. I think of most teams, I just, I don't think Oregon state has anything particular to check that I would say is all that different than from Hawaii, other than you'd like to see them shut down Idaho more than they shut down Hawaii. Yeah. I want to see, um, I want to see Nolan just keep, yeah. keep that momentum going. I thought him against Hawaii, just taking a look at what he was able to do there. That's great. Hawaii, not a great defense, but let's keep that party going. Um, because if Nolan can kind of get it together, look, he's not going to be like Jake Luton, but I loved the development of Jake Luton from one year to the other. Now, yeah. in between that, he like broke, oh, I don't know, his entire back. He's <laughs> such a freaking baller. But I, but even even then, like before the injury and then after the injury, just so much more different. So hope to see that development there. Uh, one more thing. One more thing about Stony Brook, right? Like, I'm wondering if by the time they get to Eugene, it's like taking a trip to New Zealand where they're just like freaking exhausted and like don't want to play football anymore. Anyway, I think that that score might get really out of hand. Um, well, you wonder too, like if they're if they're if they're trying to do this on a budget, like how early are they even getting out? Right? Like, yeah, um, is is a real quick because like you'd like to get out real early for that game if you're, you know, LIU. Um, now whether, whether you actually do though, is, I mean, cause you, you, you do need recovery time. I mean, you and I have done plenty of cross country flights in our time. Yeah, yeah. It'll, I mean, the, 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 the trip East is generally the one that really works your harder, but like that, that, that West coast one is no joke either. Oh, it's, it's pretty brutal. Uh, anyway, something to keep an eye on, uh, next up Sacramento state at Cal, um, good bounce back game for Cal, right? Yeah. I mean, like I, I, again, I just want to. I need to see the, I mean, the offense should just keep it going. I mean, congrats on the offensive movement we saw from them, which was really good. I, I thought in the last game, but you know, I, I, like I want to see the defense really shut them down. I mean, that's my main concern here is can the defense really shut down Sac state? Um, because you know, the, the, they don't have some kind of like fantastic offense or anything like that. Um, and, and this Cal defense is starting to, you know, raise some questions. Yeah. Uh, Troy Taylor for Utah fans will be the head coach. Yeah, it still says, still still the head coach. Good for him. Good for him. He lasted that first year, nine and four, not a terrible team. And this was a team no. that gave ASU a little bit of a scare a few years ago, if you remember that, Rob. I remember coming out of that, realizing that ASU's offensive line couldn't block because they couldn't block Sacramento State. Yeah. Yeah. That's and great. that was, they, they since improved quite a bit, but yeah, that was rough. <laughs> Final game here, Northern Arizona at Arizona. Arizona's won this game for 70 years. And uh, if they play the way they did last week, that might come to an end. Now, I, I think Arizona should be fine in this game, but like, I'm going to be looking for how bad is this team? Because what I saw against BYU was encouraging. What I saw against San Diego State was a total disaster. And uh, which, which one of these teams is it? And I, it might not be one in between. I'm really, I'm fascinated with this because I, I don't know if you saw today. Um, not only is uh, Gunnar Cruz getting moved out of the starting spot, he's actually moved all the way down to third string. <laughs> so yeah. Jed Fish and Brendan Carroll and uh, their, their, uh, their quarterbacks coach, whose name is now escaping me, uh, Jimmy Dougherty, basically looked at the tape and said, Nope, this is, we're not doing this anymore. And I think that's, I think that is entirely fair. It's, it's rare though, that you see somebody lose the starting job and, and do not pass, go, go straight to third string. So, um, you know, the, I think if you're, you know, what to watch here for Arizona is, is what does it look like with Will Plummer in there? Um, 
And then Jordan McLeod is now, he's been getting second string reps this week. Um, Fish said the plan was still to play Plummer almost the whole game um, and get him some more reps in game. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my main thing. And then, I mean, just better tackling. I mean, they they graded it. It's weird because PFF broke down Arizona against BYU and they had a, you know, a really good tackling game. They had an awful tackling game against San Diego state and they've got to clean that up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't um, PFF error. That was, that was the truth. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy. But NAU could throw the ball. I mean, I can't even remember who, I mean, NAU likes to throw the ball around. Um, so this will be a different kind of challenge. NAU isn't going to show up and try to run it down your throat the way San Diego State did. Yeah, test that secondary, see what we got there. Um, I had one more thing on Arizona, and it escapes me right. Oh, no, yeah, it was, you know, usually when a starting quarterback gets bumped to third string, the move is just to put him in his tight end, right? <laughs> That's always the move. Right. Like, you're the tight end now. Um, but they moved him to third string. We shall see what happens with McLeod and Plummer. Um, okay, Rob, now we're getting to the real games here. We're getting to the real games. We got Minnesota at Colorado. We have USC at Washington State, Arkansas at Washington, Utah at San Diego State, Stanford at Vandy, ASU at BYU, and Fresno State at UCLA. Holy Moses, I forgot that there's like a gazillion game still, and we just blew through the, yeah. the FCS. Where, where do you want to start? I mean, let's, I mean, there's some interesting games here because, uh, you know, some of these teams are, are have already, have already, do have some Pac 12 experience, right? I mean, BYU is, is, um, you know, playing to be the Pac-12 South champion this season. It's gross. It's gross. ASU. It is. It is repulsive. It is deeply like the only team that has an excuse for having lost to BYU is Arizona because they just fired their coach last season and they were awful. This guy was uh, anyway. It's a pretty rough year. ASU opened as a two-point favorite uh, against BYU on the road. And that yep. bumped up to three and a half. I'm going to double check to see if it, I, th- I thought I saw it creep up to four, which is, look, I, I like ASU and it's three and a half. I, there was, it did, it did hit four for a second and then pop back down to three and a half. Um, this is a fascinating matchup for me because ASU is an excellent running team and BYU's rush defense, I think is going to be pretty good, Rob. Um, I think this game might rest on the shoulders of Daniels. Can he get it done? And holy Moses, BYU, so BYU stadium was freaking lit, which is, sounds crazy to say, but like that, that stadium, that was one of the craziest, loudest stadiums I had seen um, in a while. They're at elevation. Like this is not going to be an easy game for ASU. The only worry is, well, there's a number of worries, but there's two things for ASU. The first is can Daniels get it together and throw the ball? And the second on the BYU side is, is this like a, a letdown game, right? They, they had the biggest game of their career uh, for a very long time. End of the end of the streak. Rush the field. Um, yeah. I mean, here's the, I mean, I, I, you know, Utah was able to run the ball pretty well against BYU. Um, and I don't know that Arizona was really all that committed to the run against BYU, but BYU in, you know, is struggling too. Uh, in their run fit so far this season. So I think if you're ASU, you feel pretty confident that you're going to be able to run the football well in this game. I think if they layer in some more Daniels runs, you know, like BYU is, is going to struggle because that's something certainly Connor Brewer and Connor Cruz didn't bring to the table. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I think the question though, when you come into this, like, cause Arizona state has a pretty good defense. Um, you know, are they able to contain, Hall, right? Like, I don't think, I don't think BYU's got some amazing, um, 
you know, passing game. I don't think they have some amazing rushing game with the running back again. I think, you know, it's going to be on haul. Does ASU have the right places or pieces in place to be able to not, you know, not have to give up playing really good defense across the board in order to contain hall and put a spy on him. Right. Um, but really too, I mean, and I, I don't, I don't want to like Utah was on the road. They turned the ball over two times. The offensive line got absolutely mauled by BYU's pass rush. And that's what I would sort of say to like, keep an eye on here is like, I mean, BYU shot here is, you know, ASU's offensive line has taken really big te- steps forward since three years ago when they really struggled. Um, but a lot of it has been built around really being a lot better in run blocking. We haven't seen them really have to pass block, you know, like against a, t- a really tough opponent yet. I'm, I'm interested to see what that's like. Um, I, I'm not going to say BYU's got some amazing pass rush, but they they have a very active front. They stunt a lot. Um, and they will try to put pressure on Daniels to throw the football. And that, that I think is like where the game could sort of turn, right? Like Daniels, um, he has not, ha- he hasn't had to do much so far. Um, what he has, I mean, what he has, we talked about this, like that is different though, is that, I mean, they have far better wide receivers than Utah, far better <laughs> wide receivers than Arizona. Um, and then they have the extra dimension of Daniels being able to run if they need it. Hmm. So how is BYU's rush defense been the last couple of years, like the previous so year this year? The previous, let me look up the previous year. Sorry about that. Oh no. I mean, while you're, while you're doing that, I can tap dance a little bit because I want to take ASU in this game. My instincts say it, it's going to be loud. I think BYU can commit to trying to stop the run. And if that happens, it's going to be close. And you're giving me three and a half points for a road team in a, in a low scoring game. I usually would take those. Um, yeah. but, but like you're saying, if they're able to run the football, then I think that changes the dynamic of the game, you know, because it's just easier to do that. As long as you're not fumbling the football, at least you can yeah. move the ball in a loud environment and shut the crowd down. And, and then now it's just like, a, you're just grinding it out. Um, and what do you think? Yeah. I mean, Utah was able to run the ball, um, against them BYU in 2019, which is, uh, you know, their stats for last year, I think are a little inflated by the weird data. Yeah. Um, but they're, they were 65 at effective rush. Um, you know, I, I do think that this, I think that they're better than they were in 19, but I don't think we're talking about some sort of like magnificent, you know, like front seven or something like that. I think ASU is going to be able to, run. I mean, ASU, what we've this, and we haven't seen, I feel like we haven't seen this offense with Zach Hill really open up at all. Right. Like, I mean, maybe you could argue they tried to do it against USC early last season, but I, I feel like we don't have a great handle on this ASU team still and what this offense is going to be. And they haven't opened up hardly at all thus far. They haven't had to. Um, I think that they're going to open it up more. I think that they will pass more with Daniels. I mean, the only, I guess I should say like, I think the only real question I have, like, and, and beta rank has BYU as a very, very slight favorite in this game, but it's still a lot of like, uh, you know, preseason projection data in there. Um, I, I, I like ASU. I like ASU in this game. I, I think, you know, Utah stubbed their toe pretty hard on the road with those two turnovers. Uh, I don't think ASU's offensive line is going to play as bad as the Utes. Oh, putting that on Daniels. 
dang, I really like this one's really tough. Um, it is. So this is a real tough game to pick. This is, it should be close. I mean, when I say like I like ASU, I think I like them to get to seven points, right? Like yeah. I, not not like ten or like a double digit win. I think I like ASU to get to like seven points in there. If this was two when it opened, I'd be like I'd immediately pick ASU. But but that field goal and the hook. Now you got to win by more yeah. than a field goal. Oh, that's with Herm. Mm. Um, oh no, Herm could make this closer than necessary, right? <laughs> you know, Herm could like well, because you know what could happen with Herm, right? Like Herm could go up by ten and park the bus in you know the late third quarter and just make you sweat the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. I'll t- I'll take um, I don't like it. I'll take BYU. I think ASU wins this game, but I think it just is. It's going to be closer. Um, there is that letdown factor. Gosh, darn. Went by set. Now I'll, t- I'll take, I'll take BYU. I don't like this. I'm not betting on this game. Um, the under is at like 51. Mm. Mm. That might, I might go, I, I'll have to take a look. I want to see what that number is at the end. If that pops back up a little bit, I might take the under because ASU is going to run the ball. They're going to score a little bit. I don't think they're going to get them all through the air. And I think that defense is pretty darn good. So yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll take BYU. What about what about you? I'm I'm taking the Sun Devils. Okay. I'll put that in here. Okay. Let's do one more here before we get to a break. Uh, where do you want to go next? Should we do Fresno UCLA? Oh hell yeah! What a good game. I love this. So here here's the thing that makes me really like. I was all in on UCLA, right? Oh, okay. All right. They got this big win, uh, and I still I still have that all on on one side of the scale. The problem that could be the case is that LSU might not be good. Um, I think they their offense averaged four and a half yards a play, um, including passes against like McNeese State. That's not good. Oh um, no. I um and Fresno can move the football. Now Fresno's defense and and I'm curious Rob what the numbers say about their rush defense because it was supposed to be bad and I liked what they did against Oregon I thought they did whatever you know just enough right now and Oregon clearly was going vanilla and clearly was looking forward to this Ohio State game um but I liked the fight in in Fresno State here uh, what do the numbers say what do you think about this matchup oh by the way so 11 man- 11 and a half is the uh Fresno State are 11 and a half point dogs at UCLA oh that's interesting. Yeah, I guess it opened at eleven. So Batering's got it at fifteen. Okay. Um, you know, and the, and I think I mean the 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 key in this game is Fresno's going to throw the ball around, right? I mean Hainer's Hainer's already put up a thousand yards passing. I mean they've already played. Uh oh my gosh, Fresno State has played three games already. Good lord. Oh, they had Fox. that first game against like. <laughs> like they play New Mexico State or something like they play, Con- they play Connecticut oh, and just no. <laughs> boat raced them. So they did they they got an FCS game in last week and just boat raced Cal Poly. Um I, I mean like I mean but Fresno's gonna look to throw the football around. I mean it will be interesting to see this UCLA defense, how do they stack up and, and shut down. What we think of what we do think is, is is a pretty good Fresno offense, right? I mean I, I think we're have some confidence in that. Man, I still think UCLA is going to be able to run the football on this team, and I just I lo- I like the talent level, uh, but I mean, Baderank worries me a bit at having this at 15, 11 points. Yeah, uh, just 
11 points feels scary at this point because you don't feel like, I don't feel like I have enough of a grip on exactly what UCLA is. This is, this, this game is going to help quite a bit. Plus getting to see LSU in another game is going to help quite a bit. The one thing that is interesting is I don't think Fresno state's offensive line is good. So you're going to get pressure towards Hayner. And really the key to this game is the secondary, right? I, I thought they were, they did what they needed to do against LSU, which still scored points, but right. you know they they were able to to take care of business. If UCLA if UCLA had this game right after LSU, it'd be all over Fresno State <laughs> because this is like that typical letdown game. You have this big win; it's a defining win, and then you got to play this team that's actually pretty good. I will still take the points. I think Fresno State will be able to put up enough. The thing that makes me worried is the run game because UCLA can just not just score points, but like I'm actually, I almost said control the game, but, but they're explosive. (laughs) So like, I think you're going to get like two or three, you know, 30 yard plus rushes and it's just can Fresno state hang with UCLA. I'll take, I'll take the points. I think, I think UCLA's rush game is way different than Oregon's, but. I'll still, I'll still take them. What are you going to say? Sorry. I mean, I'll take, I think UCLA might have, I mean, it has a really sophisticated run game. So I, I, I like them here, but I mean, they, they beat LSU by 11, right? Like I, I don't think it's crazy to think they beat Fresno state by 11. Yeah. I don't like this week I'm looking at. So, and I'm 10 and eight in non-conference against the spread, which is fine. Once we get into conference play, that's kind of when I get more, uh, more bold. You're right. They did beat LSU by 11. That's a really good point. Are you going to lay the point? I'm, I'm taking the Bruins. Mm. Mm. I'll take Fresno State. I'll take the points. I, th- I think I think they're, right. that, that's a well-coached, fun team that's going to be able to move football a little bit. Uh, that's fine. All right. We're opposite. One of us is going to get wrecked in this uh, this coming week. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have a bunch of really good games to come up. Let's get to them right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're back. Let's get to let's get to this one. Minnesota, three point favorite on the road against Colorado. The over under was fifty three and a half, and that, dude, Rob, this got bet down five points. That's freaking wild. Um, you usually don't see swings like that. So, I think people saw Brendan Lewis and said, "Nope, <laughs> like we're gonna stick to uh, the under on this." But Minnesota. You know, like I, I thought they were, they played about as well as you would anticipate them to play against Ohio State in that opener. The crowd was going nuts. They were able to hang for about three quarters, and then Ohio State kind of figured it out. Um, the worry here is that I don't think Colorado's offense is very good. And um, I, let me, well, while you break down, since I want to take a look at Jarek Broussard to see if he's back because he went off of that Texas A&M uh, game injured. But uh, what do the numbers say here? 
So Baderick has, you know, Colorado is a three and a half point favorite in this game. Um, you know, and I, and I think there's some real positives that Colorado is, you know, is, is bringing into this game here. Um, you know, Minnesota struggle or struggled last week against Miami of Ohio. They're not a great football team. Um, and they, they, you know, they really struggled offensively in particular. Sure. They were able to run the ball pretty well. Trace and Potts came in for their, you know, injured Ibrahim, but Tanner Morgan struggled, uh, um, you know, quite a bit in this game, only going eight of 17 for 112 yards. They certainly did run the ball pretty heavily because that was what was, was available against Miami's you know, defense. Um, but just not a, not a great performance. I mean, it's, it's not as if, um, you know, it's not as if when you, when you, you know, break down the box score here that there's, you know, a big difference in turnovers, Miami turned the ball over two times. Um, you know, Minnesota didn't and only won by five. I mean, that's, that's, that's a pretty rough outing against a Mac team <laughs> like Miami, Ohio. So I don't know. I mean, I, I thought what we saw from Minnesota in game one, in some ways is a reflection of, of like, you know, the fact that Ohio state, Ohio state's going to have a new play caller <laughs> this week. Kerry Combs has been demoted. Um, you know, like Miami of Ohio put up 341 yards against this Minnesota defense. I'm, I'm really interested. I want to see this, this Minnesota team. um, I want to see this, you know, this Minnesota, this, this Colorado team, you know, uh, give them a go at it because I don't know. I mean, I, I I think Lewis is, is going to struggle. Certainly Gabbard didn't have a huge game for Miami last week, but you know, can, you know, this Minnesota defense doesn't look great. How is the run portion of that? Because I, I don't care about the secondary. It doesn't matter um, because I just don't trust Lewis to be able to to just crank, crank that offense. So I really think it's going to come down to is Minnesota's rush defense um, good because they're going to get like I, I think Colorado is going to be able to move the ball and throw the tight ends like in, you know, five yard, 10 yard spurts. And that's going to be the yeah. offense. So how uh, how's that front seven? So Minnesota's front seven, if we're talking about like two years, I mean, that, like that's the, the tough part, right? Yeah. Like, well, let's, let's check last year for them. Their run defense was 108 last season. They certainly needed to bounce back. Their defense really struggled last year. Um, they, I mean, they held Miami to 3.5 a carry, but that's really spread around, right? Like Miami's main back, gosh, only got 19 yards on 11 carries. Um, but they did find a way to get other some of their other backs going. I mean, I, th- I think collar. I mean, I think at home. I don't think this Minnesota team is overwhelming. I mean, I think this should be a really tight game. It's interesting though that this got bet the way it did, right? Um, what's it at now? So it's three. Minnesota is the favorite, and then the under is at forty-eight and a half. Okay, so it's been bet down. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean. So beta ranks. I mean, I, I, I like the buffs here at home. I don't, I don't think Minnesota is that imposing. Yeah. The one thing to keep a lookout for Broussard is listed as probable or likely one of those two. So it looks like he'll see the field. Um, he's got good people behind him. I, yeah, I'll take the buffs too. It's at, at altitude. I think the program's in a good spot. Um, I do, I do hesitate a little bit about lane three in a game where like seven points are going to be scored. (laughs) So that's a problem. But I do think that Colorado is going to be able to take care of business at home. Yeah, I'll I'll lay the three also, and um, and this will be a fascinating game. This is a great measuring stick for both programs. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So Bader Egg likes the Huskies here. It might be a little rich. Both of these teams each have one game in against FBS competitions. This is overwhelmingly preseason weight still. Um, but Arkansas state did go toe to toe with Memphis last week. Uh, you know, offensively um, Hatcher ended up leaving the, the starting QB in the third quarter. Um, he had already thrown for 276 uh, and a touchdown. James Blackman, who relieved him, came in and threw for 306 and four touchdowns. So you certainly, you know, with this this Butch Davis coaching staff, um, and they have a really interesting coaching staff. You could, you you might be able to talk yourself into the the Arkansas State having the advantage <laughs> in 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 coaching here. Um, they didn't really try to run the ball too much. Um, you know, only putting up 98 there, but when you throw for 582, um, you are certainly, um, you know, you certainly don't necessarily need to, to lean into the run game. I think what's interesting too is, I mean, yeah, they gave up a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of yards and points to, to Memphis. Memphis has had a pretty good offense. Um, so I am, you know, I, I, I'm interested. I, I think the Huskies in theory should be able to really show up and, and put up points in this game. Um, enough to win by 16 kind of scares you, but you know, Arkansas state, their, their strength here is not running the football, right? Like, and you know, they, they might be going into the teeth of what the Huskies do well defensively, right? Which is, um, they have some pretty good edge rushers. Uh, they have, um, yeah, and they have very good secondary players. Right. Um, and that should, you know, and, and that, that I think should certainly give you some confidence, right? Um, if you're a, uh, if you're a Husky fan, that you should be able to slow them down. And, you know, this two quarterback rotations that they're playing right now, because they, they both got in time in each of the games is, is pretty tough. I mean, Arkansas state's going to like, you know, Washington's going to have to prepare for them both um, in this game. I don't know. I mean, I, I like the Huskies, I think 16, I, I like the Huskies to to get the ship right against a pretty bad defense, um, you know, here. But it just, it, what scares me is that Arkansas State's got a pretty good coaching staff and they know what the weaknesses of this Washington defense are. Yeah, I, with that said, though, I mean, I think the under is the move here. It's 58. Um, I, I think Washington's defense gets it together. Yeah, you can you can yeah. run on them a little bit, but not this team. Um, I think right. you hit it on the head, right? They're going to be able to, tr- they're going to try to throw and I, I bet you they get a touchdown or two, but right. that's it. Right. I, and I like, so unless you can score on the ground, I don't think, I don't think, uh, Arkansas state's going to score more than like 20 points. Um, and I think it's going to be less than that. And you know, what, what is, what is Arkansas state's defense been like recently? I mean, they got torched by Memphis. Memphis has a pretty good defense. I mean, a pretty good offense, but yeah, they got absolutely torched by Memphis. 50, yeah, I'm curious. 50 plus mm-hmm. points, you know, ton of yards. I'm curious. I'm just going to look real fast at what they were able to do last year. And I know it's a new coaching staff. So, you know, sometimes you kind of have to, that's the problem, right? Like we need one more, give me, give me a few more games here to kind of get, get my bearings here. But so in the past, so last, last year they gave up 47 to Texas state, 27 to Louisiana, 38 to Troy, 45 to Appalachian state, 52 to coastal Carolina. Um, This defense probably isn't good. And if there's one time where Washington can right the ship, I think this might be it. Now, (laughs) 
I don't like taking Washington. I'm not going to bet Washington, but I, I'll lay the points. I think Washington gets it. I think this is an overreaction. This team isn't that bad. And um, and against a bad defense, I think they'll be able to score points. I do think the under is going to be where it's at, though. 58, I might jump on that after this game. Yeah, yeah, I'd give me, I'll, I'll lay the points, too. Give me the Huskies here. Okay. All right, let's go to the game of the week here, Rob. Stanford is a 12.5 point <laughs> favorite on the road at Vanderbilt. Um, this game scares me, right? Stanford, big, big. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, here's why. Here's why. Big win over USC, right? That was a big right. deal. Um, they looked about as good as I think they're going to look this year, right? Couldn't really run the ball outside of that big run from Pete. Um, they had now they control this game from start to finish, but I don't trust that defense. Um, may- maybe it's a little better than I had anticipated because that Kansas state game, they were, you know, like they gave up what, like 30 points. It was more of the offense that was the problem. So maybe the defense actually is a little better than I had anticipated. But here's the yeah. big problem. On the road okay. at like 8 o'clock in the morning, right? Like that's a problem. And, and they're going to the East Coast. Like I do think that this is going to be a really sleepy game um, coming off one of the biggest wins that they've had in the last year year or two. You know, here's, here's why I like Stanford here. Because Vanderbilt is just awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a Vanderbilt team that lost their opener and didn't just lose. I mean, got smoked at home by 20 to East Tennessee state (laughs) and couldn't get much going offensively in that game. Only threw for 195, two interceptions, only ran for 58 yards with their, their lead back. Um, I mean, just, I mean, you know, ran for 85 in total. Um, I just, I think Vanderbilt is so incredibly bad. It's just not going to matter. I mean, they had to squeak out a win last week on the road in Fort Collins against a a pretty bad Colorado state team. Um, I, I think with McKee in there, I think Stanford is going to be able to, to get up and down the field and put up points. I think Stan, I think Vanderbilt is bad enough. I think Stanford might be be able to be able to run the ball in this game. Um, yeah, give me give me the Cardinal. Like I'll I'll take it because like what is Beta Rankasm? Beta Rankasm is at nine, almost ten. It's um, twelve. It's gotten up to twelve because I thought it opened at. It opened at nine. It opened at nine. Ah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's the 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 smart. You know, the sharp money came in for for Stanford because uh, Vanderbilt is really bad. Twelve. I mean, I almost wish I was there going to this game. I mean, like it'd be so, it's so easy to get tickets to Vanderbilt football games. <laughs> that we, we should have done that then gone to the shoe. This would have been the most like nerdy Pac-12 thing to do is go to Stanford Vandy rather than uh, the shoe. Ah, dang. Eight o'clock. Now I'm still, I don't care. I'm taking Vanderbilt. It's, it might be the stupidest thing I've done all year, but I gotta, I gotta go with the, the, the letdown on the road. East Coast, play football at eight in the morning. Yeah, I think Stanford wins, and there's a chance that Stanford just beats the crap out of Vandy. This might be an under two. Let me take a look at the under here. What we got? That might be the play. I mean, because Stanford's like, if Stanford wins, they're going to score, and Vandy's not, right? Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, uh, I mean, I'll send you, I'll send you a Vanderbilt shirt. You can anchor down. Like it's, uh, <laughs> this is, this is, oh man. 
this is going to be a brutal game with almost no one in the stands. I mean, they, like Vanderbilt for an SEC team, I mean, barely an SEC team. It just has an awful, awful stadium. <laughs> how okay? So, so how bad are their numbers? So last season, I mean, they finished 121 in beta rank, oh, uh, 114 overall, 122 on defense. And then that team came into this year and got blown out at home by an FCS team and then barely beat Colorado State, which is at 111 in beta rank. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, there's just... Like, uh, you know, this Stanford team just went in and beat USC. And for all USC's problems, I mean, they're far more functional than, you know, Vanderbilt. And I think Stanford's just going to show up. And, you know, I, I think even if Stanford has a hangover from USC, they still just put it to Vanderbilt pretty good. Who's the Vandy coach? It is Clark Lee. He just came over from Notre Dame. He was their defensive coordinator. Okay. Do you know their, do you know their offensive coordinator? I don't. It was such, I didn't have to preview them, oddly enough, because they were so bad. Dave Ray? Who is this guy? Oh, so they brought in a guy who's been with Kingsbury with the Cardinals. It's going to take a little bit, I think, for them to get going. Hmm. All right, so one more question for you. How awful was Vanderbilt's secondary last year? Uh, 121 in effective pass. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> dude you you could have the doors i mean like you can have it like we'll go to nashville we'll get some bagels before the game walk into the stadium it's a gorgeous gorgeous campus um there's a huge endowment just to take care of the grounds <laughs> all right you talked you talked me into it um gosh like, the only way literally the only way that vanderbilt I think covers this is if they get so mad because like there's some like like over like Stanford being ranked higher academically than Vanderbilt. Like that is literally the only way that like I mean you could like if if Clark Lee goes into that football locker room and the way that like people do for like Pac-12 schools and they're when they're playing USC and they're like how many of you even got an offer from USC like at Arizona at Oregon State right or Oregon State. And the same thing would go for like Vanderbilt. Like how many of you could even get into Stanford? They're not better than you. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. Um, oh my God. All right. All right. You talked me into it. I'm going to, I'm going to, oh my gosh. I'm going to take Stanford double digits on the road after a big win. That That is everything that you're not supposed to do in this game. I am going to bet on the under though. 48. I don't, I don't think anybody scores um, a time. You're just, you're just betting against Vanderbilt. You got to bet the matchup. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. All right. You got me. You got me. All right. We have two more games that are quite good and let's get them to them right after this. All right. We're back. Rob, we have two more games here. We have a conference game. And then we have uh, basically a conference game between Utah and San Diego State at this point, right? Like San Diego State plays three uh, Pac-12 teams like basically every year. Uh, which one do you want to tackle? Uh, let's do, let's do, let's save the conference game for last. And let's do Utah, San Diego State, because this could be interesting. Yeah. The line moved from seven to nine, Utah being a favorite. Um, now, it does say that this is at San Diego State, but this is in Carson, California, at where the Chargers and like the soccer team plays. So not going to be a huge – and it's not like San Diego State has this raging fan base, right? So I think there might actually be as many Utah fans there as there are San Diego State fans. So I don't think the the home field advantage is really that big of a deal. It's great for Utah to be able to get into to 
Los Angeles and uh, strut their stuff around. The this the total is forty four and a half. That's pretty freaking low, Rob. I can understand why. Uh, wh- what do you think about this matchup? I mean, this is, uh, and we saw we certainly saw San Diego State last week. I don't think you know we should take away too much from what they did to Arizona, but we certainly saw them able to get pressure, you know, on Arizona's quarterbacks. San Diego State does run that rocky long three three five, and they're pretty good at it, right? I mean, so they, you know, they. Though they did give up some passing yards to New Mexico State, nobody's really run the ball effectively on them yet. And <laughs> if you're Utah, that's how you're going to put up points. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's 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 my most interesting matchup in this game because I I think New Mexico, I think San Diego State, I think they're going to struggle, right? Like I, I think they're going to struggle a bit against this Utah defense. Um, I think Utah is going to be able to to you know, like bow up in a way that Arizona certainly could not and slow down San Diego state's rushing attack. So that's, I think that will be true. I'm really worried though about this Utes offense against the San Diego state defense because BYU made Connor Brewer and BYU's passing game and their offensive line look really bad last week. And to sort of come into this, you know, this game and get, Really, a, another tough matchup, right? Against a, a, an even better defense, right? Um, that's tough. I mean, I don't. I mean, San Diego State doesn't have anything like Hall, like the like the you know BYU's you know running quarterback. There is there's no there's nobody waiting in the wings for them to play Superman. I mean, they have, they they still run a little bit of a Neolithic offense, um, you know, and they're going to try to run the ball right at Utah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you, th- I mean, I just, I, I have like, it's tough. Beta rank has this at 11 and a half for Utah on the road. That still scares me though, because what we saw from Utah last week offensively and what we've seen from San Diego state defensively, that's a worry. I'm trying not to overreact because my knee, yeah. Yeah, right. My knee jerk reaction was take Utah. I still believe in this team. I think that was a tough spot. The two turnovers at the beginning of the game, um, it's like a once in a lifetime, you know, our conference or our team finally got into a big conference. Let's stick it to our arch rivals. Like, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff in that game. And Utah still was able to to stay competitive until it was broken open by um, a guy that's faster than I will. Anybody in my family will ever be in their entire life. With that said, I'm going back into San Diego State's 2020 games and and here are the here are the points that they allowed six to UNLV seven to Utah State 17 to or 28 to San Jose State 10 to Utah 26 to Nevada 20 to Colorado I mean this defense is good and I don't quite know gosh but I don't know if they're going to score score points I think that's the problem so I understand why this under got bet way, way low. I think it's like less than 48 now. Um, I want, to, I wanted to take Utah when it was seven and it popped to nine. And if you're yeah. going to have me lay these points against a good defense, I'm going to take them. I don't feel great about it. And I really wanted to take Utah. Like I, you know, I was going through these lines at the beginning of the week. I'm like, Oh, Utah by seven, they'll bounce back. But, and I also think there's a little bit of overreaction from what San Diego state was able to do to Arizona. Cause Arizona might be yeah, just gone awful. 
Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll take the points. I'll take the nine. And um, especially because I know that this defense is going to be pretty good. And I'm just uh, one question for you on their rush defense. Do you have the 2020 rush numbers down? Because I'm curious to see if these points were scored. Right. Because the two teams they played that were good. Oh, there was three. You know, San Diego State scored 28 on them. Nevada scored 26. That's pretty good for that Nevada offense to keep that that low. And then BYU yeah. scored 28. So I'm, I'm thinking, well, so the, yeah, the teams that put up points against San Diego State were throwing the football last season. They were eight in effective pass, or I mean, sorry, they were 31 in effective rush, eight in effective pass. But it is interesting because those teams that you just mentioned right there all threw the ball pretty effectively last year. San Jose State, um, and as well as uh, Nevada and BYU, those were all passing teams last year. Okay, I'll take San Diego State. Oh, it's tough. I mean, this is a really tough one because you could talk yourself. I mean, like you could talk yourself into Utah's offensive line bouncing back. I mean, that was a nightmarish performance by them. Really bad one for Brewer. I like Ludwig. I think he can adjust. I absolutely though think that San Diego State is going to get shut down offensively in this game, right? Yeah. Um, and that's maybe the key for me. I'm going to take the Utes. I don't love it, but I just I think they're going to. I think San Diego State's going to turn the ball. Oh, that would be, yeah, that, and if there's one team that's going to do it this time, it's going to be San Diego state. Okay. Yeah. I, I think they're, I, I think that Utah's going to be able to slow down their rushing attack and that's going to leave them having to throw the football. And that's going to, I think lead to a turnover because I don't think their quarterback's that good. Yeah. I'll still lay him, but I can see at the end of this game where like the final score is, is 24 to three or something, something yeah. really, really low. And it's more just the defense that bails them out. Um, okay. All right. That, that's a great matchup one. I'll definitely be watching the last one, Rob is the conference matchup. And this is one I, I've already bet. Um, USC is an eight and a half point favorite on the road in the Palouse after they fired their coach and everything. Like I just, I just straight, Right, it was ten. I thought I don't know, like I don't believe that much in this Washington State team. But when it dropped to eight and a half, plus you have the you know we fired our coach factor, where every team comes out and just like they freaking go gangbusters. I I do think that this is a blowout. I think USC gets their act together, but I know the numbers don't say the same thing at all. Yeah, Beta Rank. I mean, so here's the thing: Beta Rank thought USC kind of stunk. Everyone came into the year. <laughs> much higher on the Trojans than, than I was, I guess you could say, um, you know, you can all, and I, and I'll, you know, I say like, you can always talk yourself into the talent, right. But the trouble is, is the on the field production. So they only come into this game at 33 in beta rank Washington state. You could argue is a little high, maybe at 38 overall. Um, you know, there's, there's, I mean, for everyone here, like the, the projection model is a combination of 2020 and 2019 data still, um, you know, here, I, I do think that USC, like, I mean, you do have to put your faith in Harrell in this game. Um, but I think that this Washington state defense is, is maybe still a year or two away, um, from really being able to turn a corner, uh, and, and be able to, to put up you know, and, and be able to be really competitive in the Pac-12, or at least somewhat competitive in the Pac-12. I do think that, um, you know, like Delora, you know, brings a, a better dimension to this Washington State attack in the game, but this is a tough one. I mean, Baderink basically has it as a toss-up, um, you know, has Washington State as a very slight favorite, um, you know, against USC here at home. 
Uh, I can see this being a, a, a tight game. I mean, you're right, though. I mean, like, if there's one thing that just blows this wide open for USC, it's that everybody comes back after their coach gets fired midseason and, like, you know, has the bounce back game. Yeah, and I, I don't think that, like, I, I would, like, I would have almost wanted to bet this game anyway. I'm not a huge believer in USC, but I'm not a believer in, I mean, like, one of the problems, right, with Washington State's defense is their secondary should be able to throw right. on this team. I think I think yeah. USC is going to put up a lot of points, and I think that defense is better than we saw when they played Stanford. And you know, outside that one run, you know, I know I know that they're going to throw the ball, but now nah, give me the Trojans. I think I think this is almost like a not a slam dunk, but I, I do think that this is this is the one where I, where I bet like immediately and didn't think about it. I'm gonna take the Kooks. I oh. think the Palouse is. I'm gonna. I think the Palouse is a tough place to play. I don't think USC, I don't think just firing your head coach immediately solves what are some structural problems with the, the offense. Um, yeah, I, I think give me the Cougs in this game. Okay. Well, that's interesting. All right. We, we have a little bit of a change here. Let's see. So this in- week is just going to be a disaster probably for me, which is totally fine. Like, just get me out. Like, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm spent, I'm spent on <laughs> the projection model. Like, I'm like looking for ways to get out of it as fast as I can and just get the in-season data. Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to really be uh, it's it's going to be nice and clear. We'll be able to see what we got here. Okay, so in so you're taking Wazoo. That is a bold, bold move. Okay, okay. Um, all right, so you have ASU UCLA. Oh, sorry, we'll, we'll do this. You have ASU minus four or minus three and a half at BYU. You have UCLA giving eleven and a half to Fresno State. You have Colorado taking three. I'm sorry, giving three to Minnesota at home. You have Washington given 16 at home. You're taking Stanford on the road at an 8 a.m. game after a letdown game. Bold move, bold move. Um, and San Diego State and Washington State. I took BYU, Fresno State, Colorado, Washington. I also took Stanford. <laughs> Good Lord, that game. San Diego State and USC. We shall see. An interesting slate of games. We're excited to get into conference season after this. Anything else you want to add, Rob? No, check out the Saturday 6 on Saturday morning. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I just could not be more excited to get like my, my right now it's, I'm the plan is like week four. If I, if I go through the run and I end up with a kind of a sensible rank out of it, I'm just going to go straight out all in with end season data. Ah, there we go. There we go. Rob Ryden bear back here, uh, as we get into the regular season. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. We will catch you next week and we will likely condense the shows. We're going to have a shorter you know, slate oh, games. It'll be grand. Yeah. It'd be awesome. All right, everybody catch you soon.